and hello everyone welcome to another episode of the weekly scoop i got the cosmic baddie uh, kimmy on she has been a good friend of mine we did like a soul healing session together an akashic record healing session together so finally got her on the show super excited for that uh she talks about her business her story the come up you know where she's going what she's doing and i'm just really glad you know this podcast can you know connect people that meet through this this art of business you know this art form of uh transacting with each other so pretty cool stuff but first a word from liquid iv the number one powdered hydration brand in america is now available in sugar-free and it's got three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. This hydrates you twice as fast than water alone. I love the packaging. Um, I love how it makes me feel on a daily basis. I love white peach. It's so robust. It's so satisfying. Uh, The green grape is a little tart uh, for those that aren't into that type of flavor, but it's so crisp. And the lemon lime, it's zesty, just like Coop. Uh, Did you know that one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you twice as fast than water alone. And that is why you should go right now to liquidiv.com and use promo code SCOOP at checkout. You'll get 20% off when you grab the Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier sugar free. That is sugar free. No cheating, guys. So that being said, I'll put the link in the show notes. Let's get after it. sweet we're good (laughs) so welcome everyone to another episode i'm with a person that i never thought i was gonna actually have on the show i've actually worked with her uh, on some akashic record reading and also some like business spiritual energetics so uh kimmy uh the cosmic baddie is a good friend of mine that i've gotten in touch with i think it was what like seven months ago something like that Something like that. Yeah. And um, she's a wonderful human, very in touch, very aligned. And I'm really excited for the cosmic conversation today. So Kimmy, go ahead. The floor is yours. Introduce yourself. Thank you for having me. So yeah, you did a pretty great job of introducing me. I'm flattered. But yes, I'm Kim, the cosmic baddie and Akashic Records reader and spiritual business coach. I've been on my spiritual journey for probably the past 15 years now, and I'm really just here sharing my wisdom and my guidance with anyone who wants to learn how to be more in touch with their spirituality or learn how to combine strategy and energetics when building their own business. Wow, that's, that's, that's awesome. And um, what does spirituality mean to you exactly? Ooh, already coming with a hard-hitting question. <laughs> You know, that's such a deep question because spirituality can mean so many different things to so many different people. But I would say to me, spirituality means being your truest, most authentic self. Um, And that means so many different things to different people. I feel like maybe sometimes when people think of spirituality, they think going off into the forest and meditating all day or 
getting rid of all their materialistic items. And that's really not true for me. For me, it's living life to the fullest, being fully present, having deep conversations, deep relationships, feeling emotions fully, and really just letting yourself be who you are and letting go of everything that you're not. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a, that's a great description. To me, that's kind of the same thing. And I like how you said, for me, you're not exactly telling them what spirituality is. You're just saying in kind of your opinion, because, yeah, spirituality is definitely kind of a subjective term uh, that people misconstrue for their own kind of gain in terms of like marketing and, you know, trying to create groups of uh, followers. So, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I definitely don't think spirituality and this is what I've struggled with because I was you know, a part of a collective group that was big on, excuse me, that was big on, um, like, all this polarity with, like, spirituality and, like, don't drink, don't smoke weed, don't do this, don't do that, fully devote yourself to, like, making money and, like, doing all these, like, kind of culty things. And, you know, I think uh, we'll delve into that a little bit more, uh, but first getting to know you better, what was like the moment where you decided, hey, I want to get into this space, even if it didn't seem like it was a space? Like what what got you into doing spirituality as a business? Yeah, great question. So I've always been somewhat connected to spirit and source ever since I was a child. Uh, I've been practicing manifestation ever since I was a teen, but I went the regular corporate route, uh, worked in finance accounting for like seven years, worked for one of the biggest accounting firms in the world. You know, I had the quote unquote dream job, but on the inside, I was anxious, I was depressed, I was burnt out. So, you know, I got to a point where I really couldn't even work there anymore. I was like, this is so out of alignment. So I found myself feeling lost when all my peers were moving up in their career. And I was like, what am I here to do? What should I do now? And I kind of realized the answer was in front of me all along because I actually started my Instagram page just as a hobby in university. And I was sharing things about manifestation and the law of attraction. And then when I got out of the corporate world, I was like, wait, why don't I turn my passion into something that I can actually make a living from? Mm -hmm. I can do this more full time. And so that's when I was like, okay, let me get serious about this. And I started hiring my own mentors, got a little bit more serious about my own spirituality. And I was like, okay, I've already been doing this my entire life, doing readings, receiving messages. So let me just refine it a little bit more and make it into an actual business. So yeah, basically, because I got burnt out from being in a career where I was super out of alignment. That's where I was like, okay, something needs to shift here. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm with you. I think, uh, the fact that you felt it even as a child, uh, I think says a lot. Um, I always questioned things when I was a kid and I always felt myself. Well, actually it's crazy. Cause like I had this actualization, it was a while ago, but I used to like, I used to, I used to write down visions as a child. What I thought were like, it was in the child construct of the mind, what like angels were, what God was like, what, the saints were because I grew up Catholic and I actualized like a few months ago pondering this that I was like visualizing stuff on a very like five dimensional six dimensional like level 
as a child because I was so innocent and like just pure of heart that I was able just to tap into these things that, okay, now I know I could do that as a kid. I can do this now, obviously. I'm more intelligent now. I am more aware now. So let's let's figure it out. And that just sounds like kind of a similar story with you in a way of like, I had that as a child. This is something I can prove to other people. Hey, I tapped into this at a very young age. So I think that's that's really dope. So you worked in accounting? Yes, I'm oh, a trade professional accountant still. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I, um, I have a brother who's in accounting, so I think it's kind oh, of no funny. Way. Yeah, you, you, you don't come off as an accountant, though. Like, <laughs> yes, no very, offense. Very, like, very different. One is very logical, analytical. You must follow the rules. And then spirituality is just like, do whatever you want. Very free and flowy. I think I take that as a compliment that I don't come off as a stereotypical accountant. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I mean, like, yeah, well, first off, from what I've seen on your Instagram, you like to have fun. So <laughs> most accountants I know, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Connor, uh, they're not they're, they're, they're not going to Vegas and like, you know, going to music festivals and shit like that. But, you know, that's just me. Uh, but yeah, like, I definitely can see the two contrasting sides. So like, how do you take how do you take both of these lifestyles and merge them together? Like, how have you been able to do that so efficiently? Like spirituality and also having fun or like accounting and spirituality? So accounting and spirituality. Yeah, you know, I feel like that comes back to the fact that as a human, we're multifaceted and we're not just one thing, even though I consider mm -hmm. myself to be quite spiritual. I'm not only spiritual. Like you said, I'll go to Vegas or I'll go out on the weekend. <laughs> so there's these other aspects of me too. Like growing up in school, I was like the quote unquote nerd who got like straight A's and like studied really hard and all those things. Mm -hmm. So I, I see it as just another aspect of my personality. But at the same time, I also recognize the limitations I put on myself when I was just solely an accountant. Like I was denying so many aspects of myself. I remember growing up, I thought you could be either only logical or creative. So I saw myself <laughs> as logical and I kept telling myself my entire life, I'm not creative. I'm not creative until I finally let that go one day. And I was like, wait, I am super creative. So it's just like kind of about coming back to what I said earlier, letting yourself be your most authentic self and letting go of all these stories that we tell ourselves about how it's supposed to be or what we should be or what we think we are or who am I to be this. And I think mm -hmm. once we get out of our own way, we can allow ourselves to be all of the things. That's, yeah. And I was about to ask you like how you balance fun and, and spirituality, but you answered that question very well. Uh, so let's get to your business. So one of your business facets that is really intriguing that I'll probably try to ask you as many questions as I can to get you to go as deep as possible, because this is going to be very new to a lot of listeners of this show, because the spirituality piece is something I've lacked on this show. And bringing you on brings like another level that even I'm not used to from an interview standpoint. So yeah, Akashic record reading what is that? And like, how do you go about it? How did you stumble? Like, how did you go about it in your own personal life and then bring it into the business life? And what benefits? Well, let's just start with those two questions. Sure. So the Akashic records, 
are a metaphysical database of everything that has happened, is happening, and could potentially happen. So it's kind of like the book of your soul. Um, so in the Akashic Records, we can explore things like past lives, soul contracts, what's blocking you, how to overcome these problems, your most aligned steps, really pretty much anything. So it kind of differs from just like getting messages because we're looking at your life as a whole, like all of your lifetimes. And we're even looking at the future too. And, you know, to understand this, we also have to understand that there really is no past, present and future. Everything mm. is happening now. We usually think of time in this kind of linear fashion or this like straight line. But I like to kind of think of time as stacked on top of each other, like past, present and future. So right. all of these things are happening right now. We're just experiencing this moment right here because we're at this vibration, at this frequency. But the reality is there's all these other versions of you living right now in different timelines, but you're just not at that frequency. So you're not there experiencing it. Okay. Gotcha. And and how did you kind of stumble into that space originally speaking? Yeah. So this is kind of a funny story. Um, I was actually uh, working with a business mentor and as part of her package, there was a, an Akashic record reading included, not okay. by her, but by this Akashic record reader. So I thought it was cool. I felt called to it. So I was like, let's do the reading. So I meet with her. And one of the first things that she tells me is that I read the Akashic Records in a past life. And at the time, I thought it was cool, but I was like, there's no way. Like, that's too advanced for me. That's like, like I, I couldn't accept that. But then I started thinking about it. And a few months later, I saw that she was actually teaching a course on how to read the Akashic Records. And again, I still thought, like, maybe this isn't even going to work for me. But let's mm -hmm. just sign up anyway, because I, I felt that call. So I did that. And like, within like the first time we opened the records, I was just like, okay, I was right. able to tap in really easily and everything just <laughs> flowed. And there was a little exam with the facilitator at the end. And she's like, yeah, you're connected. Like no worries there. And that has only been confirmed by, you know, doing readings for my clients and being able to predict things or them saying that I was super spot on. So that's kind of how I stumbled upon the records, I guess, like that's how I stumbled upon it in this lifetime, but I guess I've been doing it for many lifetimes already. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I, I, I mean, I've done a reading with you. It, yeah, yeah. It was super healing. Um, I guess for my for my listeners. So, Kimi and I did a reading through a soul contract tie specifically that I severed with an ex girlfriend, which was a huge component of why I'm able to be here now, uh, be in a new healthy relationship and be, you know, able to conduct my business, being able to, you know, publish a book, like having that kind of stemmed from that moment. Uh, and, and I found it just super intriguing when I did that first session with you and I would recommend it for anyone to be honest with you. Um, so, from an Akashic, Akashic record standpoint, for anyone, just anyone, um, what do you see the benefits of just doing even one session? Not even like you don't even have to do like even with you in a sense, I want you to promote yourself right now, obviously, but like, just in general, how crucial is this, like spiritual knowledge for like your own just gain in life? 
Yeah. So first, thank you for the kind words. I'm so happy <laughs> that, you know, that session served you well. And yeah, the Akashic Records are life changing for me, for my clients, for anyone, whether it's you working, you work with me, you access the records on your own with someone else. And the reason being is I feel like a lot of us don't think about nor do we understand the impact that past lives have on us. And I feel like the Akashic mm -hmm. Records um, really allows you to access that because what happens is, is these versions of you that live these past lives, well, they're really living the life now, even though we say it's in the past, as I mentioned, everything is happening now. So these versions of you are still influencing you in the present moment, but you may not realize that. So for example, if we use like what you just talked about, how you were still kind of connected to this ex-partner, that version of you was still kind of stuck in that timeline was still feeling those feelings was still even experiencing maybe some of the uh, unpleasant things that happen in that relationship so by going into the akashic records it's like we're almost connecting with that past version of you you're able to comfort that version tell that version what they need to know give them information they don't have and really cut those ties energetically so that you're not feeling those emotions so that you're not feeling so connected and as a byproduct you're kind of releasing this present day you from feeling those emotions and then you can move forward like you said and enter into a new healthy relationship pursue your passions your careers without that looming energy Another really good example I have of this is people who are wanting to speak up about their spiritual nature or start their own business, but they're afraid to talk about spirituality. And it's like, yes, well, our logical mind might tell us we're afraid what our friends and family might say. And that is true, mm -hmm. but it usually goes a lot deeper than that. If we think back to, you know, back in the day when it wasn't always safe to be a healer or a witch or an astrologer mm -hmm. or whatever it is, many of us lived lifetimes where we were persecuted, exiled killed tortured so when we try to talk about spirituality in this lifetime our body still remembers that pain that that fear and it's almost like we aren't even able to talk about it so by going back into that past lifetime healing that version of you giving it safety telling them that they're safe and really cutting those energetic cords now in this lifetime that fear dissolves you're able to talk about what you want because you've really like released that version of yourself and that's really just one aspect of the akashic records i talked about past life but you can really dive into anything like even a present day block for example to starting your business might be tied to a past life you had in poverty where you weren't it wasn't safe to take risks like there's just so many different avenues you can explore mm. wow yeah no <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's pretty crazy. It's almost never ending uh, to a, to a sort. But you know, that's that's the constantly, you know, evolving change. Going back to like you talking about friends and family, not agreeing with, you know, your spirituality choices. Have you ever? Did you ever have any pushback when you were starting this, like from friends or family? Yeah, so it's funny because in childhood, so I'm an Indo-Trinidadian woman and I lived in a space, Vancouver, um, at least back then where there was like no other Trinidadian people. So I grew up pretty much feeling isolated, ostracized. And although that was difficult, 
it, it has helped me as an adult, especially in this past, because I'm already at a point where I was like, okay, well, fuck it. Like people have already been judging me, isolating me for so long. I might as well do whatever I want, especially as an adult. I'm not a child anymore. So I have that confidence and more grounded and established. So to a certain extent, I didn't give a fuck. And I also am really grateful because at least my true friends were very supportive. Um, my right. parents and immediate family were also supportive. Maybe there were a few, you know, far off family members that had some opinions about what I was doing. But mm -hmm. again, I was kind of at a point where I was like, okay, well, my purpose here is so much more important than anyone else's opinion. Like, am I not going to do it just because this like random person has like a negative opinion about it? Like, no. So that's kind of my headspace. But I know it can be difficult to really speak about certain topics or esoteric things. So I'd really just ask yourself, what's more important, living a life that's true to you and doing what you know you're here to do or, you know, wrapping yourself up in the opinions of others? Mm, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I, I resonate with that. And, you know, it's it's difficult to make the leap sometimes because of friends or family. But then it's also when you make this decision to go on this journey spiritually, like the people that disintegrate from your circle are meant to disintegrate because they're not willing to do the hard shit that you're doing, you know? And, and honestly, it takes a lot of courage to, to think outside the box because I always thought in the construct of, you know, spirituality is Catholicism or spirituality is church, you know, and that's only priests and like lay people can like have that energetic connection to God. But in reality, like it's all it's within every single one of us. Um, so, yeah, no, that's and also crazy. So I guess now since you're in Canada still, are there more? <laughs> trinidadian people around or no <laughs> um, not necessarily in vancouver but there's, there's a few more and like social media has made it a bit easier um and it's funny what you said okay, too. Cool. Like, i was also raised um catholic so i can relate to just having a certain view of what god was or what spirituality is and then you know walking the spiritual path and realizing no way we're all like mini expressions of god of source there's no chosen one like we're all equal and we're just connected to varying <laughs> degrees you know yeah that's god everyone just grew up catholic it seems like <laughs> every t every time i talk to someone they're always like yeah i grew up catholic i'm like man crazy <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> went to catholic school my whole life and oh no man. way I didn't, I didn't go to catholic school but i did um the, the catechism where you learn mm -hmm. and i went through like confirmation and all that <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you did the, you know, first communion, you know, yep. all the, yep. all the fun ritualistic shit that, you know, <laughs> you look, you look on, you're like, mm, might be a little culty, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, agreed, agreed. <laughs> It'd be like that. So, um, so you grew up in Canada, you still live in Canada. So is Canada like just, you think that's your place to be like your forever home? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I was born in Toronto, moved to Vancouver as a child. So I've thought about moving to other places, but at the same time, I, I would miss my friends and family. But you honestly never know where life can take you. I love traveling. So <laughs> yeah. maybe this will be my home base, but who knows? Maybe I'll travel for a year or live somewhere else for a few months. I'm, I'm pretty open to that. 
But yeah, that's a hard question to answer. I'm not sure. <laughs> I do love I do love coming to the states as well. So right. <laughs> you never yeah, know. no. Yeah, I see. I see you like going to Vegas. Do you like going anywhere else besides Vegas in the United States? <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. I do go other places besides Vegas. Scottsdale. <laughs> Scottsdale. <laughs> no, I, I've, I've been to like a lot of other places, you know, outside the U.S., um, Mexico, Thailand, Trinidad, obviously, all over right. Europe. So um, yeah, I really like traveling just in general. Wait, so do you have family in Trinidad? Like they oh, live yeah, in Trinidad? Oh, like yeah. The majority okay. of my family still lives there. Only a few. Oh, people. wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Damn. So do you visit there like yearly or is it kind of like a every yeah, once in a while? I go every year. I've been fortunate okay, enough cool. to go back all the time, but it's really never enough. Like even if you go back once a year, that means you're seeing your family only once a year, right? Yeah, exactly. No, that's that's pretty crazy. That's pretty yeah, crazy. Yeah. No, that's that's cool. That's cool. And you know, taking this spiritual jump, you know, is definitely not for the weak. And you know, were there ever points where you felt like you maybe that you weren't lonely? But did you were there ever points where you felt like, man, uh, I'm doing this like on my own? Or did you always have like a support system? Oh, yeah, we can use the word lonely. There were lots of times where I was extremely lonely, isolated, questioning my path. And you kind of talked about it before how, Mm -hmm. you know, when you start walking the spiritual path and when you start doing the healing work, there are going to be people that fall out of your life. And there are so many changes that happen when you start walking the spiritual path. One, your eyes are awake to everything going on, how we've been programmed, how the whole system is pretty much like against you and you have to unlearn everything that you know right. and you feel so different to work like compared to everyone else who isn't aware of these things so you have to like grapple with those two things and then when you also start your healing journey realizing how maybe things that happened in your past actually weren't okay and then you have to go back and do the work and then you have to deal with everyone else's opinions and then there's like this huge purge that happens where people fall out of your life and things fall out of your life maybe you lose your job maybe you lose your place and you always have to remember it's part of the divine plan because when things fall out of your life, it's only making space for better things, better friends, better relationships, better jobs, better mm-hmm. accommodation. But yeah, there were many, many times where I was in like, there are different stages of the spiritual awakening. And maybe your listeners have heard of the dark night of the soul, which is <laughs> probably the most challenging part of the spiritual journey. And we can go through multiple yeah. dark nights of the soul. Oh, yeah. So, but the first one I'd say maybe is the deepest. Um, And that's where (laughs) everything that I just mentioned happens when all these big changes. So yeah, I was pretty depressed, anxious, and really just purging all of these things. But I feel like to a certain extent, you kind of have to be alone when you're going through that because you're thinking for yourself, like I can do this and no one else can really do it for you. You can have a support system. You can have a mentor, friends and family. But at the end of the day, like you're the one that heals you. There's no healer. There's no one else. They just help you realize the power that you have within. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've definitely gone through my dark night of the soul. Um, my first one. So yeah, yeah. that is the, yeah. the worst one by far. I don't think it could get any worse than that. <laughs> like, I really don't. I hope not. I, 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 I can't see it getting worse than that either. <laughs> I, I don't even wish, I don't wish that on my worst enemy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I wanted to ask that because, you know, I definitely had lonely moments, but then I had like 
people that I didn't think were going to come back into my life came back into my life, uh, which I'm really grateful for. And that leads to my next question with you is, you know, one thing I'm not a huge fan of is red pill versus blue pill or like matrix versus like, you know, to complete freedom, like just like the polarity of it. And I guess like my question to you is, do you have, you know, these spiritually sovereign friends, but do you also have friends that are still like kind of matrix quote unquote type of friends, you know, that, you know, still work jobs and like also like love to go out and like have a good time. Um, and, and stuff like that. Do you have, cause like I asked you that cause I kind of have like a weird balance of those types of friends where like I have some matrix type friends where like spiritual conversations are a little uncomfortable, but I still love them. And I love like the, the times that we have together. But then I also have those very spiritual like type of friends and those curious type of friends too. So I guess just one person asking to another person, like, do you, do you have both types of friends or are they mostly just spiritual friends? Like I was, I couldn't imagine you just having matrix driven like type of friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great question. Honestly, I have spiritual friends and then I have friends who are not spiritual at all. And I right. love them both. I love them mm -hmm. all. And I don't see one group as better than another. You know, they're all people, they're all equal in my eyes. And you know, you have different types of friends. They're, and that goes for any type of relationship. There's no one person that can fulfill all your wants and needs. And it's important to have all these different types of friends. And I feel right. like they enrich my life by having all the like all these different types of friends. And for myself personally, there are times where I feel very, very connected to my spiritual spirituality and I'm in my spiritual routines and I'm doing the things all the time. And then sometimes I'm like not really in my routines and I'm going out partying and traveling and doing all these things. So yeah, I definitely have friends that are not into spirituality at all. And it kind of comes back to what I said before about just living life to the fullest. I really just don't believe in the whole spiritual ideology where you have to be a certain way or certain things are spiritual and these things are not spiritual. So I'm not saying that certain things aren't harmful. Like we know that drinking maybe isn't the most healthy thing in the world or eating junk food isn't <laughs> the most healthy thing. No one's no one's arguing that point. Yeah, no one's arguing that. that it's not not like it doesn't it's not not spiritual like we came here we're multifaceted beings and we came here to experience what it means to be a human and that means doing all of the different things and you know maybe this is getting a bit off topic but so many quote-unquote non-spiritual things that i have done have taught me so much about spirituality about myself about life that i never would have learned had i not done those things and you know, even constricting yourself to these rules about I'm not going to do this, I can only do this, I can only do that. That's still living in fear. You're scared of doing things because you're scared it's going to ruin your vibration or put you out of alignment. It's like, okay, we are powerful spiritual beings. Maybe we need to sit a little bit more in our own energy and our own aura and realize that a few little things are not going to put us off our path. Oh, damn. <laughs> go off Shit. yeah i got a little bit passionate there but it's just this narrative that i see and it, it feels like even when i like feel into it or look at it i just see these like chains and like this fear i can even like feel it in people where they're so afraid to like have a drink even though they really want to or like go to this place or listen to the song and it's like no if you really think source like put you here to live in fear it's like no have that awareness yeah don't like 
let it take over your life, but allow yourself to have the experiences that you want to. Wow. Yeah. That, uh, that sums up, that sums up a lot, uh, because I really, when it was, it was when I was a part of this collective group, I really got into that hole that like, it was kind of a fear-based thing, you know? And it's interesting because I was talking earlier with someone else about sobriety in general. And, and, you know, like I go in spurts, like I go in spurts of sobriety, but then I go in spurts of like, I have fun or I have a glass of wine. Like when I just eat dinner, like casually, you know, like I go in spurts and, you know, I, I realized through like this probably whole year, like calendar year, actually from my birthday last year to my birthday that I just had, I realized it's really all about balance and you can't, you can't just lean one way or the other. Like you have to enjoy both aspects of life because that, that you're right. That's a part of the human experience. And I guess, you know, when, when you go, when you travel or you go out and like you interact with people and those sorts of things, you're spiritually sensitive. How do you protect yourself when you go, when you go out into these types of environments? Cause obviously you're, you're on a different level than most people. So I'm curious if you have any sort of maybe routines or practices or whatever to keep yourself well aligned, even when you, yeah, go do things that are just, you know, matrixy. that's a great question you know um before i used to be really scared even just thinking about going to vegas or going out because i would think (laughs) like okay you know this isn't the most spiritual place maybe there's like negative things here and that kind of goes back to what i said before about really uh being grounded in your own power and realizing like that we're so much stronger than these negative entities and that sometimes that when you get to a certain level, it's almost like a non-issue where like you don't have to worry about it because you're vibrating at a certain frequency where they're not even going to go there. They don't because they don't want to vibrate that high. They don't want to be in the frequency of source. So they're not even going to be able to touch you. But it's not like I got to that place overnight. I, it takes a lot of work. What I would normally do, and I still do this to this day, is if I know I'm going to be going out, I'll take a second to protect my energy so you can visualize, you know, a shield around yourself and just say some sort of mantra like only positive um, energy is going to enter my space. And, you know, preparation can start long before vacation. You can start putting extra protection around yourself. You can start being really diligent about meditating, about cleansing your energy all the time, even depending on, you know, if you have a relationship with your spirit guides, asking them to be with you, setting intentions for how you want your night to go, how you want the vacation to go. And then when you come back being diligent, realizing that, okay, regardless of how much protection that you put around yourself, there probably is going to be clearing that you need to do. And again, being okay with that because we're human beings and we're living this experience, but just taking that extra time, doing a house clearing, taking a cleansing bath, 
you know, using selenite or imagining this bright white light coming down on you and clearing out any of that energy, kind of just developing your own routine. So I'd say, you know, it's less about what you do specifically and more about figuring out somewhat of a routine that works for you because everyone's different. Everyone's going to be at different stages of their journey and everyone's going to need like varying levels of protection and cleansing. And I recommend this, whether you're partying or not, just on a daily basis as you go through life, I feel like it's really helpful. Gotcha. Are you a daily meditation person? When I'm when I'm on the ball, yes. Uh, I never <laughs> say that you have to do anything, but the one thing that I recommend everyone do is daily meditation because it's just so mm-hmm. life-changing. And if you're looking to get more in touch with your spiritual gifts or receive messages, there's just no way that can happen if all of these thoughts are going on in your mind all the time. But when we meditate, it's like we're clearing our mind. So if a message were to pop in, you know it's a message and not a thought because your mind was clear. And it takes practice to get to that point. But I feel like anyone who has been meditating regularly can relate to how life-changing it really is. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not on the ball either. Like, <laughs> I, I took a break from everyday meditation for about a month, and I just got back into it recently. And um yeah, like I, I love it from a subconscious healing standpoint, just because like it can it can tap into like some very, very deep limiting beliefs that you can clear out like some weeds in a garden. So uh, really, yeah, really fascinating stuff. It, it's always interesting talking about spirituality with someone because I feel like everyone just has a lot of differing opinions. And I guess like my question to you now is, you know, what do you think the spirituality space uh, in business, uh, not even just like, I'm not even talking like religion and church and stuff, but just like in general, like the whole like conscious wealth space, the conscious creation space, uh, this spirituality space, you know, that involves your Akashic record, you know, healing and clearing and uh, manifestation and crystals. And like, there's so many different nuances to it. What do you think it lacks as a whole right now, though? Okay, so the first word that pops into my mind is integrity. I feel mm-hmm. like there are a lot of people and, you know, not to bash anyone, but there is a fine line between, you know, shit talking and, and saying what's up and speaking the truth is that when something becomes more popular, there is a lot more room for people with not the best intentions to enter the space, people who just want to make money, people who want to take advantage of people who are just starting on their spiritual journey. So I feel like there is a lot of room for integrity. And that's something that I've held near and dear as one of my biggest values in my personal life and my business. I always told myself that I would, you know, run my business and live my life with the highest degree of integrity. That looks like, you know, if a service isn't really right for a client telling them that instead of taking their money just because I want sales or being honest with someone about what I think would be better for them or telling someone, yeah, just my honest opinion and and not promising results that are unrealistic or promising things that really no one can do, like no one can quote unquote change your life. So I feel like there is a lack of integrity sometimes in the space. There's cultural appropriation, people stealing ideas, bypassing toxic positivity. Um, and, And that's where we have room for discernment too. 
it's all of our responsibilities not to be upset at these things that are happening, even though it is upsetting, but to remember that we have to do our own due diligence and use our discernment and really feel into it before working with someone. How does this person feel? What is their energy like? Am I able to ask them questions? Are they knowledgeable? Are they receptive to my questions? How do they make me feel? Are they pressuring me? And really just letting your intuition guide you and use that as a compass. Um, yeah, a little off topic, but yeah, I think there's a lot going on in the spiritual world right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Can you, um, if you're comfortable sharing, are you able to name some instances where you've seen the bypassing, the toxic positivity? Have you been able to like, have, has it happened to you personally from like a transaction standpoint, or have you just seen it with people's content? And are you able to open up maybe a little bit about like how people portray themselves or how they act? Because I guess like the reason I ask is because I've witnessed holistic health coaches that take steroids. They take Anabar and they preach being healthy, like fully holistically healthy, eating good foods and all these things. And they're taking steroids to get jacked. So like, you know, that that's one that's just I mean, don't preach one thing and do another. Um, I had another kind of business coach who preached about, you know, discharge and credit repair and his credit was in the 500s and he got his car repoed. So like, you know, it's, have you seen instances? Yeah. Where there's been a lack of integrity, whether it's you personally or just like through like friends or, you know, stories like that. Yeah. Yeah. A few, a few come to mind. Um, so in the business space, people just, talking about things they have no idea about. And and it's not to say that you need a business degree in order to talk about business, but, you know, you can't really be talking about ROI and analytics and all those things if you have no financial background yourself, if you don't really know what you're talking about when it comes to money or even giving people advice on investing or growing their money when you haven't really done that yourself. That's more in the business space, but in the spiritual space, what I've noticed is a lot of bypassing when people say, I'm just owning my truth and I'm just speaking my truth, but they're really harming other groups. And, you know, the the discussion of cultural appropriation is a very nuanced and really long one. But what I think about it is that it's not that, you know, other people can't practice yoga or can't do certain things, but there is a degree of responsibility to learn the right practices, to give credit where credit is due. Like, I'm sorry, but if you're preaching that you're doing yoga, but you're like half naked in front of like a statue of, of God, like, what are we really doing here? That doesn't really seem respectful to the Eastern practices where it came from. Another one that comes to mind is... Um, someone that recently moved to Hawaii, um, a, a white woman. And we know that the people of Hawaii have pretty much said that they don't want anyone else settling on the land because they have these limited resources. And, you know, there's a different way to go about it. She could talk about how she's going to help them, how she's going to, um, you know, bring some of her income to, and help the land, the people. But instead, She's just, you know, dancing half naked on the beach saying, I'm ignoring the haters. I'm owning my truth. And that just feels so out of integrity to me. That just feels like bypassing to me. And those ones might be a little, I mean, she definitely knows what she's doing, but those ones might be a little bit 
uh, less intentional. But if we even think about some of the greatest spiritual teachers, a lot of really big spiritual teachers out there are actually, you know, more on the path of darkness, if you want to talk about it like that. And when they talk about their teachings, a lot of what they're saying is false or they're giving people wrong information so that they're giving up their sovereignty or that they're opening themselves up to negative entities. And what someone says, like, it's never going to be fully a lie. It's going to be mostly the truth with a little bit of lies sprinkled in. And that's where like the discernment comes in. So yeah, there's a lot of examples of like lack of integrity, lying that I've seen. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Um, I know that's not the most comfortable thing to talk about, but you know, I think it yeah. needs to be said because um, truthfully speaking, I've encountered a lot of these people and a lot of them tried to prey on me as a person, uh, which is weird because I never thought I'd open myself up to people like that. And I did. Um, like I had this person try to come in and tell me, I'll teach you how to like basically run a high ticket, like create a high ticket item as I'm creating my one-on-one -on -one coaching program behind the scenes. And uh, this person wanted to charge me like three grand, like a month to meet, like, I think collectively like three hours, like three hours a month. So it's charging like a thousand dollars an hour. And I'm like, wait a minute, as a guy that's like studied macroeconomics, microeconomics, <laughs> finance, and like all those things, I'm like, how are you valuing at like this amount? And you're going to tell me like, what's my ROI going to be on this? And then there was no explanation. And I was like, it's just preying on, on the, on people that like want freedom and sovereignty and they don't know where to go and they fall into these people's laps, you know? And I think the phrase that I've gotten the most from people like that is you're projecting when I've, clearly stated this is what is this is what is being received by people and uh the common phrase has been you're projecting and i'm like no i'm not like i am telling you what i am receiving and also what have other people have received and and told me as well because people like to i think one thing that's interesting about me is people like to confide in me and like to open up to me um so like i've had a lot of people open up to me just about these different gurus, quote unquote, that have tens of thousands of followers on Instagram and have these large groups of people, like hundreds of people, and they're they're charging like thousands of dollars to like get your uh, time and attention. And then they go in there and it's not, it's, I mean, they have some knowledge, but they make these big promises. Like you're going to 10x your income you know, in like six months and, and, and stuff like, or you're going to 10X your net worth. And that's like such a unreasonable thing to say just because of how long just things take for you to get there. Um, so yeah, when, and when I've brought it up, you know, you're projecting is one of the things that I've heard. Yeah. You know, I've also so. heard like, if you didn't get the results that you want, you know, you were in fear or you had blocks or you had limiting beliefs. There's no right on the coach a lot mm. of the times. And yeah, you talk, but about you have to be accountable. Exactly. Exactly. Especially if people are paying you thousands of dollars. And I mean, ethical pricing is a whole other topic, but you know, yeah. I've seen people say that if like one of 
the most like predatory things I've seen is like, if you really wanted the freedom so badly, then you would take out a loan, you would put this coaching on your credit card, put yourself in debt in order to take this coaching. And it's like, how toxic is that? Why are we telling people to put themselves in debt or put themselves in a negative financial situation to do something that is honestly a luxury if you're not even able to pay for rent or pay for food? And like, you know, I see where the, how they're trying to spin it, that if you really believe in yourself, you'll take this leap of faith. But not everyone's nervous system is going to be able to handle that. Not everyone's body is going to be able to handle that type of risk. So, you know, as a coach that you're already setting your client up for failure and it's just like, yeah, super unethical. Yeah, no, that's that's great. And I, I was the accountability thing. Um, it's it's funny you say that. And the reason I joked um, is because I've had people say, like, you got to be radically accountable for your actions and yourself. But then when you voice a concern, they are like, well, that's not me it is you like this is a reflection of you and like it's just crazy that it's it's almost like the rules to be or are not for me or however the saying goes the rules to be are not for me like it's 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 crazy because like these people just like you said they bypass any ethical rule law not even just in commerce but just just in just being a person um, they just bypass everything and then they just throw it on to you. And it's just like, uh, yeah, just like toxic people just doing toxic shit. Uh, I guess like another question to ask you. So what are your thoughts on? So we talk about the spiritual space. What are your thoughts on the music industry the movie industry like what are your thoughts on that and in terms of like consuming those like those those things in general um i guess like what's the best way to go about it yeah that's a great question so yeah most mainstream artists music even ones that i personally enjoy Mm -hmm. are (laughs) you know, negative, they are ritualistic, they're programming you when you listen to their music, when you go to their shows. Uh, um, I mean, even just looking at some of the most recent concerts, I even went to Drake, and he brought out (laughs) Travis Scott (laughs) for the Vancouver show. And I found it really interesting. You know, I, I love Drake, but for a portion of the show, there was a Grim Reaper going around the, um, the ceiling, and it had a knife and it was like going down into the crowd. And I was like, that's so bizarre. Like, why would you have that at your concert? That obviously doesn't mean nothing. Like, we we can't be so naive to think that these stars and this, like, music industry doesn't know about spirituality. Like, all the celebrities, all the people in power know about spirituality. They're using spirituality for their own gain. It's just that Mm -hmm. people like us are using it, you know, to better the planet, on the light, to better the collective. And they're on the dark side using it to help themselves to help, you know, negative entities. So being aware, I think is the first thing. When I was going to that concert, I did protect my energy before and after and I was kind of aware of what was going on. Like when the Grim Reaper was going on, I was just kind of giving myself some extra space to think about what was happening, maybe to protect myself a little bit more. Um, So yeah, awareness is one Mm -hmm. realizing that yeah, these things are happening. 
it, it's just so obvious in the music. Like people are literally dressing up as demons and wearing devil horns. Like there's no denying it. <laughs> so, so acceptance would be the first thing. Yeah. Second thing I would say though, remembering not to live in fear because that's True. one of the biggest things. Cause if we're afraid of listening to music, going to concerts where we genuinely do enjoy the music, like my human self likes Drake. Yeah. And like, even though I think that Travis Scott is extremely demonic, some of his songs are a little bit catchy. I can't yeah, lie. They're, yeah, they're bangers for sure. <laughs> I can't lie. <laughs> I was definitely dancing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but it comes back to not living in fear, not feeling like one song, listening to one thing is going to ruin your life or take you off of your path. And that's where, you know, having a spiritual routine is so important. If you're cleansing your energy on a daily basis, protecting your energy on a daily basis, then you're not going to be as susceptible than as if you were unaware and doing nothing at all. And then doing special things like, you know, if you come back from a concert. Um, so I'd say it's more about doing these things no matter what, no matter what music you're listening to, no matter where you're going. And then if you are going to something specific, um, then doing something extra. But and, and then it comes down to the individual person too. Like some people may feel really sick or really bad if they listen to certain types of music, mm -hmm. whereas some other people may be unaffected. Doesn't mean one person's better than the other, just everyone's different and everyone's affected by different things. So kind of checking in with yourself about how you feel about certain things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I found it very interesting. Um, my therapist went to see Taylor Swift and um, I had another person who saw Taylor Swift and they were like sick for like a week and they just like felt ill. They felt really low energy. Like they felt awful after going to the Taylor Swift concert. And I just, I, I found that interesting because I'm like, I've been to music festivals and granted like the bass EDM that I've listened to has definitely sucked a lot of energy out of me because it's very, angry it's a lot of anger um but I, I like when i went to house edm festivals and stuff like i felt good so like i definitely know that like you, there's there's a reason like music should not make you feel that way um so i just kind of wanted your take on it because i've struggled with like i used to be a big drake listener and a big travis scott listener um, now the only really mainstream guy that I still listen to heavily is probably Kendrick, uh, just because Kendrick doesn't really fuck with my energy flow. Uh, but yeah, there's like really good songs by Drake, you know, Travis, Lil Uzi, like all those people <laughs> that are occult people. But like, it's, it's almost like, how do you balance that? Because I've, I've found it hard to balance it myself. And, um, like I've seen, some of the Hollywood documentaries and I've seen some crazy shit and like I've heard about some crazy shit too. So like it, it's definitely had an effect on me where I used to be polarizing, like don't ever listen to this shit ever again. But then it's like, you know, people are going to listen to it regardless. These people are still going to make money off of it. Like it's, it's never, it's never going to just end or collapse. I feel like, so it's almost like, how do you how do you just live in a world like that? You know, and, and that's just, I think what a lot of people and to sum up our whole discussion, I feel like today is like, we we're going to have to live in this world, whether we like it or not, like in terms of like the spiritual, you know, battlefield, 
like there's always going to be things that are uplifting and then there's going to be like things that are just putting you down and you know it's just like you got to find a way just to balance it because you can't like fully shut it away and I think that's what I've actually come to realize yeah yeah totally and I feel like at first when you realize everything going on how like the music industry is manipulating you our food the government literally everything it's very um scary disheartening it kind of fucks you up realizing all of those things and then you know once you calm down go through some healing figure out your own routine your own energy and you navigate it how i like to think about it is it's almost like the biggest fuck you to them to go out and live your life and (laughs) go and do these quote unquote, you know, negative things and just not be affected. Go to the Drake concert or Travis Scott concert and come home and do your cleansing and be like, yeah, I'm totally fine. Like what you did (laughs) had no effect. And again, like it takes time to get to that spot. I I can relate to, you know, there was a time where I didn't, I couldn't even listen to certain types of music because I was so affected. And then now where I am in my journey, it doesn't have as much of an effect. And that's where, you know, I am today, but I think it's kind of about realizing like, fuck it, I'm going to do what I want because I'm so powerful. I'm so of the light that they don't even have an effect. Like anything they try to say or do Mm -hmm. is powerless. And I feel like that's where, you know, hopefully one day we can all get to. And I think, yeah, that's like the biggest win that we could have. Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, having that acceptance and then also like moving forward with like uh, with with a positive uh, life changing you know, maybe business, like, you know, cause like, that's another thing too, is like the corporations that run the world, like the only way to control that is like, you either have to stop consuming it or like you stop working for them. And that's just going to, that's, that's, it's a hard ask. You're talking about hundreds of millions of people, like just saying no and saying no to like situations where they don't, financially have the means to do that so like it's uh it's like taking it with grace and that's why you know like we said earlier not thinking we're better than anyone spiritually because we're not like i truly believe that mindset every day like i don't think i'm better than anyone like i'm just i'm coop and uh you're kim like that's that's just how that's just how we got to operate um definitely not better than anyone else and really everyone else is just a reflection of you they're just a different version of you in a different expression on a different timeline and we're all just finding our way back to source where is our end resting place in my opinion and we'll all get there eventually and that's why it's so important to treat everyone with respect and kindness and compassion even if they don't understand your views or where you are or they argue with you or whatever just remembering like hey that's me at a different point in my life and they're gonna figure out their own journey eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your services, um, can you give us the full scope and uh, any new offerings that you have as well? Because I obviously have seen one of them. So um, what <laughs> offerings do you have for the general public and how can you be found? Yes. So mainly I do Akashic Record readings and spiritual business coaching. You can find that on my Instagram at the.cosmic.baddie or my website, www.thecosmicbaddie.com. I just launched my um, 
spiritual business master mastermind where it's going to be a 16 week program every week i'm going to be launching a new module and we're going to be going deep into every single area and aspect of business from you know your offers your content your audience financial competency systems admin money mindset and really so much more we'll be having group calls where you're going to be able to get tailored advice and really learn from each other and you're going to have lifetime access so anything i add in the future you're going to be able to get um, and it's really just great for anyone who's starting their business or wants to incorporate spirituality and strategy into their business and refine things a little bit make it more robust and sustainable and then I also do a few other things like clearings or one-off business sessions if you're looking for that as well. Right on. That's awesome. Yeah. Love your content. Uh, oh, thank you. Are you still making music? Yes, I'm still DJing on the side. I need to make some more time for it because, yeah, I, I love that as well. I'm a manifesting generator in human design, if anyone's familiar with that, which just means I'm very multi-passionate. That's my personality type. So that's why, you know, you heard a little bit about, about accounting, spirituality, business, DJing. Respectfully, uh, I hate you because you're a manifesting <laughs> generator and that makes me jealous. I'm just it's a, a double-edged sword. Yeah. <laughs> it's a double-edged sword, trust me. <laughs> like, damn, it's just, fuck. The, the, the fact that you get to manifest whatever you want and generate the people at the same time, awesome. But then, yeah, definitely could be a double-edged sword for sure. I could, I could see it could backfire like, on you. <laughs> yeah, because like right now, like, there's so many different things I want to do, so I'm, like, all over the place. But as a generator, don't worry, you're, like, an energetic powerhouse. That's the this trait of a generator, the superpower of a generator. Right. Yeah, no, it, it's important. And honestly, like, it, it's cool to see, like, the artistic side of you and then, like, the logical side of you become balanced. And, I mean, that's how I am, too. Like, I'm trying to balance, like, different concepts around technology, creativity, and spirituality. And I thought those, those can't go together, but they can, like they really can. They're like four, I have like four different pillars that all connect together. And you know, that's kind of how you're going about it too. So like, there's always a balance between logic and creativity. Like I truly believe that. And the people that can harness those two things are gonna be very successful. So I, I think that mindset you have. How old are you, by the way? I don't mean to ask. I, but. Am, I am 29. Holy shit. I was like, I was like, <laughs> damn, I thought, yeah, I'm 27. So, I mean, you know, we're in our later 20s, but um, obviously a lot of maturity for sure. I don't know. I feel like there's so many people that are so young waking up to like this type of lifestyle, which is really cool. Um, like, you know. I saw people in my collective group that were in their like early twenties that were like, yeah, I want to like tap into a spiritual based business. And I want to like, you know, create a lifestyle that's just like not working in nine to five and, and stuff like that. And I'm like, wow, good for you. Like that's, that's really courageous because I'm sure like the pushback from friends and family is pretty huge because like you're going against the grain, you know, you're, you're going against, everything your parents maybe grandparents did and um yeah yeah that's that's pretty i hard. think people are waking up more and more and even younger and younger so that's kind of exciting to see yeah yeah and i mean honestly doing this in our late 20s is probably the best decision we could make because like yeah we we don't necessarily have like you know 
I couldn't imagine like the people in the collective group I was in too. There were also people in their like fifties, forties, even there was a woman who was like in her sixties with like a grandkid. Like I couldn't imagine trying to balance that while trying to find this like sovereignty in life at the same time. Cause like you're trying to like maneuver that and then also trying to get you like your kids into that. But then also like, trying to figure out how to work, you know, with your kids in this, in this sort of lifestyle that you're also trying yeah. to change and yeah. pro and like, the programming. Yeah. And now is the youngest you'll ever be. Right. And, and it kind of comes back to divine timing. Whenever it happens for you is the exact right time it was supposed to happen for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super thankful for that. And super thankful for you to come on and, and, and just kind of yeah. give your insight on, on a lot of different things. I really yes, appreciate your time. For having me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's always good having these, these high level spiritual conversations, um, because, you know, I think that's where a lot of healing can take place for people and a lot of actualizations. So like I said, listeners, the cosmic baddie, you got to give her a follow, give her, you know, give her some time to, you know, maybe also be seen and heard, and then hopefully sign up for some of, uh, your offerings because you have multiple and they all have a purpose. So thank you again, Kimmy. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. This is awesome.